Thank you again for joining us for today's Friday Gallery Talk, and welcome to anyone who has just joined us. Um, today we have Assistant Curator Dr. Miko Yoshitake going to be discussing her new uh, installation of sculptural works. Um, started here in uh, September of 2011 and has already accomplished so much here. Uh, she co-curated the exhibition Dark Matters and was the co-coordinating curator of Ai Weiwei According to What. In 2012, she organized the exhibition Requiem for the Sun, the Art of Monaha at Bloom and Poe, Los Angeles, based on her doctoral uh, dissertation at UCLA. She has coordinated museum retrospectives on Li Ufan at the Guggenheim Museum in New York, and on Takashi Murakami at MOCA Los Angeles. She has published several catalog essays, including a forthcoming essay in, in Carl Andre, Sculpture as Place, 1958 through 2010 for DIA Art Foundation. Please help me to welcome Mika Yoshitake. Thank you, Caroline. Um, thank you very much for coming today. I um, was really pleased to be able to uh, work on this installation in the ambulatory of um, new sculptural work that in, in fact um, made its way um, from Basically, this area is, you know, has been used historically since uh, Joseph Hirschhorn um, had a lot of the works had been uh, collected by uh, Joseph Hirschhorn prior to the opening of the museum, and um, and you'll see that a lot of these works come from um, primarily the 60s and 70s period, and um, and I have. My own personal interest in sculpture really comes from, as Caroline mentioned, post-war Japanese art in the late 60s, and um, an interest in that kind of divide between abstraction and um, natural forms and figuration. And so there is a general kind of logic to the selections that I have uh, made. And it was in, in this section that you see here, um, we begin, this, this work by Dan Steinhelber is actually not part of the, um, this presentation, this is a work that is um, in Over Under Next, which is Evelyn Hankin's show that you see in the main galleries. But um, it provided a kind of anchor to this space with the um, soloite drawing that you see um, on the wall there. And so I was thinking about what kind of sculptures that um, would really you know, make this room fresh and um, provide something that isn't uh, something that we've been mo mostly associated with, which is early 20th century um, bronze sculptures that you see in the sculpture garden. Um, and so I was looking at the, I was in the storage space and I really f um, saw a lot of these um, op kinetic artworks that uh, you see here. And um, the, the, what's really interesting is that a lot of these have not, um, no, never really been shown before in the museum. And so, and a lot of these works um, are by artists who are not well known, in fact. There are artists from um, not only the US, but also um, Brazil, Argentina, Japan, um, uh, Britain and um, some of these artists actually were assistants to major artists like Nam Gabo um, and and Richard and working really much in, as uh, contemporaries of Richard Serra and so I'm just going to give you a brief introduction of the kind of two strains of um, 
of sculpture that I've set up here. One is really, as I mentioned, the kind of rational or objective um, abstraction, which comes from constructive constructivism, um, and um, basically from the early uh, tw early 20th century, coming out of the Bauhaus, and uh, you'll see that this there is a strain of um, op and kinetic art that comes out in this area here from this David Lee Brown sculpture. And it's really about this move between sculpture media um, that on various levels is about shifts in our visual perception of the world. And, and also um, questioning our idea of what um, objective um, abstraction really means and um, also in an era when there is this there was a very kind of strong move against um, this kind of academic form of sculpture um, coming from Rodin and um, and there's kind of allergy against a kind of uh, Figuration, um, but you'll notice that as we walk through the galleries, there is a return or to a rehumanization of sculpture, and so I want to um, have you really think about that um, that liminal that tension between abstraction and also biomorphism or, or rehumanization. So here um, we see this kind of shift coming from the Dan Steinhilber's um, hangars, and you'll see a very formal uh, relationship between the ways in which um, the lines um, in this kind of, we feel space as a kind of sculptural form. It's not just static object, but the ways in which the sculpture really kind of falls and divides um, and we feel the kind of gravitational pull from um, this piece. And so here I wanted to um, select some works that also provide that kind of a shift in the way that we perceive these um, these formal elements. And so um, I just want to keep, I, we're just going to walk through the, the show. So we have this almost um, bird-like, flight-like um, piece in stainless steel by David Lee Brown, um, which looks like a wing. And then also here, this is a sculpture by Sergio Camargo, who is a, a Brazilian artist who was working in um, the mid-40s and 50s. He was one of the, um, and this is a marble sculpture. Um, very much part of this kind of movement in South um, America, Latin America, um, of the concrete art movement and, and a kind of neo-geometric kind of movement. And so the form of this um, almost stair-like um, structure actually starts to curve and, if you, you, and this is um, to be really experienced walking around the piece. So you'll see that the top of these kind of gradations of squares really flay, flay out. And um, this is sort of in uh, rhythmic um, tension to the ways in which um, the drawing of Soloit here also has this, this has this effect of unfurling as you walk through the space. Um, and then we have these kinetic sculptures. Um, here, this is a, an Argentinian artist named Martha Boto, and she was really a pioneer in, um, in, in experimenting with plexiglass and different kinds of um, materials that would reflect and refract light. And so you have this exterior um, phenomena, natural phenomena that's interacting with the um, the material itself. And so you see the you know museum lights here really kind of um, tingling with the um, vertical discs um, that, of these plexiglass, and um, you know almost like. Uh, 
chandeliers or something. But um, she was really interested in um, how you know these discs would actually also move, and so she was also interested in in using motorized kind of mechanisms to be able to have the, um, these sculptures move. And very interestingly, I um, had another piece that was planned for this. Uh, Baffle wall here. Another uh, female artist named uh, Deborah Molpier, who also worked in um, plexiglass, and there was this uh, hanging kind of sculptural uh, spiral um, piece, but the piece was damaged, and so um, I instead found this other Argentinian artist of um, Italian origin named Gregorio Vardenega. And I recently found out that Martha Boto and Gregorio Vardenega were married. And so um, it's a really interesting way in which I discovered, I mean, it, these are artists that I really discovered after coming to the Hirshhorn and really um, delving into the archives and seeing what kind of work, because they really don't appear that much. It's their, I think the work in art history in the academy is still being done on a lot of these artists. So um, Vardnega and Boto um, began, they were part of this concrete art and uh, movement in Argentina in the 40s and 50s. And they moved to Paris. Um, and then they really kind of started pursuing this kind of kinetic art. And so um, I mentioned the kind of motorized mechanism. Here you have this uh, box that has these glass discs in um, order. It, 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 there are layers of it um, that you see going um, back towards the wall. And it's um, operated by um, an, you know, an electrical um, motor, and you see this kind of very, very slow movement of the um, discs and the colors that are also um, ever so slightly shifting and changing from yellows to purples to um, to blues, and so there is this almost, you know, um, metaphor towards the planets and kind of um, outer space type of um, imaginations. But really, I think it's more of a meditation on. Um, our visual experience, as uh, especially now, when um, we are so overwhelmed by imagery and uh, mass media, that um, it's a nice chance to see, to really think about and contemplate this idea of seeing as a more meditative and slow experience. Then we move on to a series of works that is really has a tradition of. Um, the origins of constructivism and, and constructive art. Um, that term is, I use it loosely because um, it's really associated with Nam Gabo, um, who is the artist that you see um, to my left. This is vertical construction number two. Um, this was done in Nam Gabo's later years. He was a Russian-born artist, sculptor, who really helped to sh change this notion of sculpture, which um, was normally associated as a volumetric um, mass that artists would carve into. But his idea was a, it was a reverse. And so there is this kind of, it was called a stereometric um, type of sculpture, so you, the core of the um, sculpture is very transparent. And so it's almost like an inside out. You could really see the way it's like architecture, like the skeletons and structures of architecture. You could see the um, ways in which the form itself was built. And um, 
and turning itself out. And the sculpture that you see in front of you is by Charles Wilson, who I also found out um, while doing the research was uh, Nam Gabo's assistant um, at Yale when Nam Gabo was, was teaching in his um, well, um, later life uh, in Connecticut. And uh, Charles Wilson was a student, a sculpture student at Yale. And so you see this kind of Mobius strip um, form and uh, this was very much an experiment that he was doing while working on some of the more um, there's these these groups of um, of sculptures that look like masks that he was working on um, that were by Nam Gabo. And I think this kind of planarity of um, the volumes um, really spoke to him. But also he's very interested in the um, natural grain of the wood and how that grain can project a kind of um, human, like a um, human, humanistic quality to the sculpture. And so you see it really um, floating on this uh, this base of uh, two different bases made out of, um, of I think it's marble and wood, and um, it has that also quality of when you walk around, um, the sculpture changes, the, just the way that this Sergio Camargo also did. Um, and these are really made out of uh, what's called phosphor bronze and um, kind of fishing wires, so really. Um, everyday materials that are, you know, made into these very constructive, um, delicate uh, forms. And I love this, you'll see that there is this rhythm that you see this kind of, you know, s uh, circle or spiral um, throughout the show. Uh, because this is a f permanent collection show and um, we had, a lot of uh, works that were rotating. There was another work that I was thinking in this place, but in, right now it's being um, conserved. And so this is a piece that I um, included by George Rickey. It's a, a George Rickey was a kinetic artist, and there's a piece that you see outside that triangular, um, very kind of uh, light engineering engineered piece. Um, he was much as much an engineer as much as a sculptor, and so. Um, one can actually lift um, the piece from the bottom and it's very light and it can just be held, you know, just by a few people and then also be placed um, in, in no time. It's, and it's, it's highly uh, well structured. And so um, the kind of porosity of this sculpture I thought would be a nice um, transition into the works that you'll see in the next space. This is a, um, this work by a Japanese artist named uh, Tomonori Toyofuku. Um, he represented the Venice Biennale in 1964 and um, and this work was just in our sculpture storage. This is the first time ever that it's been shown. Um, and I don't think anybody really knew much about this artist. And when I was um, looking through the files, I noticed that this work was also included in MoMA's very important 1966 um, Japanese painting and sculpture exhibition. So um, there are really things that I have found out just through you know working on this um, permanent collection selection. Um, but this is a work on wood. It's carved, and there's um, 
it's painted on top and you could see a slight metallic paint and I, and I think that maybe there was some uh, metallic leaf also because you'll see that there are sections here blocks of this um, of, of almost like sheet um, metallic sheets that are placed on top but um, the material description really just says painted and so um, really this is a, uh, obviously relief um, that jets out very far from the wall and um, it has this really gritty um, visceral quality to the carving and this rhythmic um, holes that you see here are something that the artist um, repeated in many of his, his sculptures and, I, and um, this is one of two artists where I've included more than one work in this show. So at the end of the um, ambulatory you'll see a sculpture by the same artist um, which is the more columnar um, sculpture called Water. This is called Kylum or Sky. And then these selections on, in this section here are more um, in the strain of uh, biomorphism and um, the St. Ives Abstraction School um, coming from, well, Nam Gabo is actually associated with um, the British um, artists Barbara Hepworth and um, Ben Nicholson, but so I have two um, Barbara Hepworth works here, she was a British artist, um, also very much associated with natural um, forms that really spoke to, tapped into the human psyche. And, um, and so he, she really kind of the, was guided by the um, grains of the woods or the stones. Um, this work here is, is made out of, of, of carved wood with these um, very much um, the strings that you, you'd see in you'd just seen in um, the Nam Gabo. So they were very close friends, and so they really kind of um, spoke to each other. The work here, just by the way, is. Um, uh, an artist who was based in California and she was good friends with Charlie Parker. Um, this is just a kind of side note because I thought it was interesting, but this work really also has that um, combination of natural forms with the grain of wood and also um, this very simple disc of stone and you'll see on the um, upper left hand at the side two eyes and so it's uh, called Ocean Creature. And um, so there's this kind of humanistic um, approach, biomorphic approach, bringing together these two natural materials. And then I also have a work by Isamu Noguchi, who is also associated with a very um, modern um, biomorphic um, approach. And this piece in particular, it's called Okame. And in Okame, Japanese, um, in Japanese it means um, a mask. And it's used during um, seasonal festivals. Um, it's a female mask, but um, you wouldn't really be able to, uh, I think, see it until, unless, I think these are the bows of the female um, that is wrapped around the head. and. Um, and okame also is a very endearing term. And so, um, you know, this is a very kind of, you could see it as a more precious um, object, but it is also a mask. And so um, there are associations, more primordial or pre-historic um, associations with um, this piece. And then in this kind of last section, um, I made a 
pretty bold jump between um, this Barbara Hepworth uh, stone sculpture, which is called Large and um, Small Form. One can really associate it as like a mother and child kind of um, relationship with uh, Louise Bourgeois. Her legs, I mean, these are, this Louise Bourgeois is, um, as you know, also associated with this kind of um, relationship of, of re or a return to surrealism um, in her sculptures, and um, and these legs are you know hanging from the ceiling, very long, um, and they're made I think um, out of polyurethane, so um, you get from these kind of stone um, wood sculptures into a much more uh, tactile, almost um, clay-like form. And what's interesting with these is that they move ever so slightly. And so there's this very strange bodied, um, otherly, otherworldly kind of um, feeling to it. And I thought it was a great, and this was not planned, but Evelyn had um, included this installation um, by Anne Hamilton, um, Palimpsest, and you can actually see this um, as you walk, you're walking out of the gallery there. So there is a real dialogue with the um, over under next show and then, you know, coming out as if, you know, there are pairs of legs that are walking out towards you. This is the other uh, Tomonori Toyofuku work, which is uh, called Water. And um, there are two versions of this that the museum owns. Um, this one is in wood, but we also have a very um, almost identical piece that is in bronze. And so the materiality is, is very much um, something that I think the artist was really experimenting with. And you see in addition to the circular kind of cur carved um, bat like um, you know, forms you, that he also really worked on the surface um, of this grain of, of almost tree here. And um, he also signed the work down there and there is a symbol or motif that he uses um, in signing his work. So it's almost like a you know, when you go into a cave and you see these motifs, um, I think there is something relationship to that. But um, Toyofuku was also associated with the environmental art uh, movement, which in Japan, which is basically the rise of outdoor sculptures and um, large-scale sculptures moving out into um, the landscape. And um, so I think that there's. A relationship to the scale here that could be um, associated with, you know, this um, idea or tendency to move beyond just the confines of the interior. And then the last two works here are. Um, this is a work by an American artist, John, John Van Alstine, who is a contemporary of um, Richard Serra. And um, this is really just two blocks of, um, of granite that has been taken out of a quarry, a rock quarry. And so the striations that you see here are the actual marks that um, are you, that are from the um, kind of forks that are used um, from the machine that takes the granite out of the um, original quarry. And I love this piece because um, there is a balance or a tension between the two um, 
the two granites and it's really just very raw in that sense and um, the artist really uses the natural cuts um, doesn't really I think manipulate them at all and just creates a very simple um, balance here and then lastly, this is uh, David Slivka, who is a Russian-born artist associated with the American Abstract Expressionist movement. Um, and he was also, uh, I think, very in much close friends with Dylan Thomas, the Welsh poet. Um, but this is what looks like clay, but um, really it's, it's made out of bronze casting. And it's, so it looks like a crushed piece of um, clay, which, you know, it, it, going back to that um, kind of deception and in, in, um, visual perception, it's, it's interesting. Like when you look at the material, you don't really think about um, bronze being capable of having this kind of shape or form, but I thought it was really um, an interesting <laughs> shape. So anyway, this is the summary of um, my selection here, and if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. How do you pho photograph? Form them? Right. Um, well, I know that during this period, David Slivka was working on ink drawings, like really kind of um, abstract ink drawings, and he never had um, an intention to make those ink drawings into um, sculpture. And what happened was he was really experimenting with hot wax processes and bronze casting, and so that there, there was a kind of transition that happened between the abstract drawings into this. And so um, I'm not sure of the actual technical aspects of how he did this, but um, I do know that the kind of conceptual sources were from the ink drawings. We have a huge um, backlog of, of sculptures that will be um, that are being conserved right now, and so um, and you know the temporary exhibitions take precedent and before the permanent collections. So it's just a matter of you know time. But yes, <laughs> they will be. I think it'll be up um, through the year, through the next, so the the fall. And um, we're working on the 40th anniversary, which is opening next fall. And so I'm in charge of the ambulatories, both the second and third floor. So I'll have a new um, presentation. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.